episode 193. And now here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, hey everybody, welcome back to the Dharmic Evolution. We are headed to Carlo, Ireland today to visit with an old friend. Yeah, it, this guy's awesome. He started a company a few years back called Bright Star Productions. And you can check that out at brightstarproductions.com. You know, um, this man is going to be the first Irish person to be a global CEO of a record company. So uh, check this out. There's a lot of content to get to here with my dear friend Brian Shield for the second time appearing on the Dharmic Evolution. Strap up your seatbelts because we're going for a ride with Brian Shield. Are you a singer-songwriter, author, speaker, or thought leader? Have you been looking for a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency has exactly what you are looking for. Find out how we write and produce big, amazing songs on Music Row for authors, speakers, thought leaders, and organizations like nonprofit and corporations. We also help singer-songwriters and artists by giving them a platform on Dharmic Evolution, a podcast designed specifically to broadcast your global career, now in 71 countries and with more than 161 episodes of artists all over the world from all genres. We know how to reach your target audience. Are you a dreamer like James? Then reach out today to james at thejamesoconnoragency.com and find out how we can help your global career. Brian Shield, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution, my friend. Thank you very much, James. Great to be back. Yes, second time, man. It's so good to watch your career uh, blossom and unfold uh, from over here in the States. And uh, I had such a good time talking to you the first go-around. And I immediately knew that you were... um, you know, very focused and ambitious in your quest to create good music, create good artistry. And I didn't know you were a piano player, dude. You you rock. Uh, yeah, I kind of I, I keep my piano chops uh, kind of low low profile, but um, I'm more of a studio kind of piano player rather than like a music. I don't really classify myself as a musician. But, um, well, I do. It, it falls down the list, maybe number four, you know. Um, but I've been uh, been playing piano, I'd say, about like 10, 15 years. Um, uh, really well coached by my cousin, Dale Hennessy. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, I've been just been playing and playing and playing. And it really helps me, I suppose, interact with uh, musicians that come in. I can communicate to, the, to, to in their language, you know. Would you coach uh, me? Uh, I could, yeah. Get a flight over Aer Lingus. Come on over to Carlo and uh, we'll do a few yeah. lessons. You know. I was so all surprised. Pop music, all you need is like three chords and like, you know. Yeah. Right? No, I caught one of, I caught one of your uh, Facebook posts and you were playing in, looked like a subway station or a train station. And uh, I said, damn, look at this dude's full of surprises, man. I didn't know you um, you played and, and played so well on top of that. So, so anyway, let's catch up to... Um, what you've been doing with yourself and you've been doing a lot so i don't know where to start but um one thing i i would like to share with people 
uh, just to kick things off, if this is okay with you, I want to play um, this video here, which is called This Is His Story. And this tells you all about the life and times of Brian Shield thus far in his life and career. So sit tight, check this out. Hi, I'm Brian, I'm from Ireland, and I'm an aspiring music producer. This is called Visual, it's a centre for contemporary art and the George Bernard Shaw Theatre. I got lucky, at 18 years of age I just started college doing the music production degree, started in here as the in-house sound engineer, and yeah, just worked my way up uh, to show technician. Um, I initially believed that the reason I chose music producing was because of how records sounded on the radio. That was the first thing that got me into, I suppose, wanting to produce or be the guy behind the star. Um, so I suppose my parents actually saw this kind of interest and enthusiasm and put me into um, keyboard lessons with my cousin and great musical mentor called Dale Hennessy. Um, he taught me keyboard for about seven or eight years and it was probably through those, I suppose, formative years, if you want to call it that, that I really learned how songs were arranged I wasn't actually very good, but uh, I think I was developing my musical chops and my ears were developing into different sounds. Actually, I do remember at like seven years of age um, being this kid where the first actual record I analysed was a Mariah Carey song. Um, I know, Mariah Carey. Uh, with Boys to Men called One Sweet Day. And I was like seven or eight years of age and I noticed that the snare drum was panned to the left speaker. So I think then is when I really recognized that I loved this. Didn't really think it was a hobby or a, or a career. I didn't think you could, um, you know, make money out of it or, or, you know, you had to be a teacher or an accountant or something real. Um, so it was about three years into my music production degree when I contacted a guy called Derek Ryan. And he is actually originally from Carlow, but he was in a, in a boy band called D-Side. And they had just split up. They were signed to Warner Music in the UK. They had just split up, but I thought he was, um, worth pursuing, if you want to put it that way. So yeah, I got working with Derek at the very, very start. He had a song called God's Plan. I mastered that song, and then everything really took off uh, for me from there. The biggest challenge uh, to working in this business, um, I suppose, there's a few of them. The first one is, at the start, you're not really having, you don't really have a network. And I'm kind of still feeling that to a certain extent. I am making contacts, I'm going to the States. But it's really, I suppose, delivering something substantial for me to move to the States or something like that. So that's quite difficult uh, to do at the start. Second thing is, just from a very personable level, is the fact that I'm in the creative, creative arts. Uh, people are a little bit uh, different. Simple things like people turn up on time. Um, people just being nice. It's quite hard to find that and it's quite uh, refreshing to uh, work in that environment when I do get it. So I, I suppose at the start you're not really um, used to being in that environment where it can be very pressurised, it can be very uh, deadline based and it probably still is but it's it's how I as a producer would be getting used to that, that, that I found that was a challenge. Being in Ireland physically in this marketplace is difficult, it can get quite frustrating because it's it's limited. Um, I mean, I talked earlier about having a number one record, which was great, but you know, if you went to, if you looked at the sales of what it takes to get to number one in Ireland, it would be very, um, I don't know, real, shall we say. I think the first one that really struck home as like an achievement uh, was probably getting my degree. 
um, getting a first class honours in any degree is probably difficult enough and the first year of that degree I wasn't particularly the A student or anything like that um, and in the second year I was working hard again I wasn't top of the class but then in the third year uh, I just was night and day it was just work hard uh, stayed up lots of late nights lots of sleepless nights um, and just worked and worked and worked because I knew maybe it was just a good lesson to me as well that if you really want to be in this business, you gotta work hard. And just because it's college doesn't necessarily, because it's not the real world, doesn't necessarily mean that it's any more uh, valuable or invaluable. Second uh, achievement, I suppose, the number one record with Derek Ryan. I uh, was 23 years of age. Um, yeah, that was very inspiring, shall we say, to myself, and just to see that you can, you know, you, you can achieve what you want to do. Um, it really struck home when he brought in, Derek brought me this, uh, gold disc and you put it up on the wall and you're real proud and it's your first number one. One piece of advice that I always give to younger people is to mind your ears and take care of them because it's uh, they're your career, they're what makes the money essentially and it's why people hire me as a producer. It's not because I have the best equipment, although I would like to have, you know, the fanciest equipment. And the one I always come back to is just to work hard, have a work ethic that's unparalleled. Now, it's very easy saying that but it's, I think, because people taught me that, but it never really hit home until I was in my final year of my degree and I realized that I wasn't number one, which I want to be, um, and you just have to work hard. And that, in that particular instance, came true. I'm not saying if you work hard forever that you will you know, make it in this business, but it's one thing I've learned. It's an ingredient that all of successful people have. Brian, tell me about that video. Really, really well done. Where did you do that? Yeah, so I originally connected with um, a trio, in fact. Um, they're basically a Chicago outfit. Uh, they came over to Carlo uh, during the Carlo Arts Festival, and I connected with them. They're, both, they're all from Chicago, as I say. There's twins and an excellent screenwriter and actress uh, called Lauren Lugo. Uh, the twins are the Nuno twins, and uh, yeah, we just kind of hit it off. Uh, they they have a project called the Stories Project, and they asked me if I would be, um, you know, if I would come on their show, and I was like, yeah, it's it's perfect. Uh, we recorded the video, the interview actually at like two or three a.m. during the arts festival in in the local theater where I work in visual. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it was it was a great honor to be on their show, and it was it was they're very good at. Um, it wasn't just your typical, you know, hi, I'm Brian, and it was more of an in-depth kind of a, a conversation that was only like a five to eight minute clip. But um, I thought they, they really, uh, they really did well. It, it, some, some of the scenes they got in visual, I thought were really, really good. But um, yeah, so we've been in, we've been in contact ever since, um, and I'm sure you'll you'll get to uh, the next point of, about working with them, which was I was executive producer on their film, their short called Little Things. Okay. Uh, as well so it's kind of like an ongoing collaboration um which obviously helps me and my uh visa needs to get into the u.s as well but um i really believe in this duo as well the nuno twins um andrew and adrian um so yeah that's that's how that happened and it's it's on my facebook and people reacted really well to it so um yeah yeah the um i was checking out the film you did little things this morning and uh great job on that um, really uh, captivating, imaginative, funny, and heavy at the same time, you know. Um, 
And uh, can you tell people, just give us a little uh, snapshot of what the film is about? It's about mental health. I mean, I can't take any credit at all for doing it. Uh, it was just a more of a, I believe in the guys, they, when they were actually over recording the stories project, they were telling me about um, this film that they were, they were shooting and they, they needed funding, essentially. Um, so I just, it's, it's a mental health um, film short. Uh, they had, I think they were just about starting production at the time um, when they were going back back to America. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, we were just talking in the pub essentially, like, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I'm not a drinker, so it was, it was a little bit weird. Like, it's like, this is a bit odd. Um, okay, did you have tea? What did you have in the pub? So I, I, had, I need to I, know. So when I come over there, I want to select the right tea. pub. No, I did not have tea. I had, um, rock shandy it's like lemon and like orange and oh okay because dude i'm german oh, irish you know what i'm having Man, yeah i'm, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm having not, everything <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quintessentially irish but, um, <laughs> but uh yeah they just started pitching me this uh lauren was telling me exactly what the uh synopsis i was like just tell me at the elevator pitch because i'm not to be honest james i'm not like a film guy like i i don't really go to cinema i don't really i just don't have the I don't like the patience to sit down for two and a half hours. It's a, it's a bad thing, I know. But yeah. um, but I think that maybe makes me a little bit more unique in, when I hear something like, I really like that. Because I'm, I don't I don't know the intricacies of film. And, you know, you can nearly give every pitch some credence by saying, oh, yeah, this could be really good. I'm a bit more black and white about it. Yeah, so but, let uh, me ask you about your, your lack of tolerance because that's where you and I share uh, some commonality. I'm not like really... I went to a party the other night and I just... We're all sitting around the dining room table, and I'd been there about a little over two hours, and I just announced to the hostess, "All right, I'm going home now." Yeah, <laughs> and, every, yeah, yeah. and everybody I, looked I was, at me like, like, I, and I was done. It's like, um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I go to a, see a band that I really love, but I, I'm not. I don't have the tolerance for the whole night of that band. It's like three, four songs, five songs, and yep, I, I'm, I'm done, man. I enjoyed that. That was really good. So tell me about your. Um, uh, short threshold because I think it helps drive your creativity. Yeah, I think so. I think you get good at, I may, like in a social situation, I suppose it's not the best analogy, but you get good at like, I don't know, like, I th for me though, James, really, it's about the focus as well. Like I was very, very driven as a really young kid. Like, yeah. Young. And I always noticed that it was uh I won't say it was different, but it was definitely odd because, you know, in Ireland particularly, it's all about, you know, the weekend and socializing and drinking. No, it is for everyone across the world, but particularly in Ireland, like people just live for the weekend and I still don't live for the weekend. Um, but my lack of tolerance, I suppose, comes from the focus that I want to make it. So I maybe I viewed drinking and socializing as like, taking my eye off the ball a little bit, which is a bad thing as well. I'm not saying, well, it, it can be a good thing, but I need to uh, maybe relax a little bit more around it. Um, but uh, it, is, <clears throat> it is very interesting that I come from a culture that's kind of the opposite of, because um, a lot of Irish people have a lot of tolerance for, <laughs> for um, you know, socializing and, and that's good. But um, I, I, to answer your question, James, I think it's the focus. I think it's the, uh, the wanting to be, uh, successful and the wanting to make it, you know. Um, yeah, it, but I think that lack of tolerance comes as well from. I just have this one track mind. It's like laser focus, you know. It's like I've heard Conor McGregor talk about this. Like it becomes an obsession, you know. Um, yeah, it's so funny because what was I watching last night? Conor McGregor's uh, little movie that he put out, 
And it, yeah. re- it reminded me of you. It's, it's about, you know, being so focused on what your objective and your goal is that you, mm-hmm. um, you, you do have to shut off a lot of other things in your life. Um, for me, I, I find I, I have a hard time because I'm doing so many things creative and it's, you know, the podcast and the singer songwriter and all of that. So you have to really be even more diligent about where are you spending your time this week, this month, as opposed to all the other things. Yeah. I want to ask you about your determined to, um, come to the States and work. Is that correct? That's, that, correct. that's, that's your goal. Yeah, that's so, my goal. so like I, oh, okay. So we'll get into the immigration, but first and foremost, the desire to to come to the United States and work as a music producer. Um, you know, a lot of it, I think, is driven since our last conversation. You mentioned how Ireland is is kind of a small place, just in terms of numbers. Um, yeah. it, you know, compared to the U.S. and of course the music business um, is very huge. In, in the U.S., whether you're talking about, you know, major labels or um, indie artists, um, they're, they're everywhere. But I, I think this is sort of the center of the universe, uh, coast to coast. Where do you fit in here? Like, is L.A., do you think you're the thing? New York, where do you think? I, I, yeah, I, I think it's L.A. Uh, it's probably New York as well. But um, most of the business, it seems, happen in L.A., New York, and Nashville. Okay. Right, so... Uh, and I kind of base it based on like where the major label HQs are. Now I know it's not a, like I'm quite commercial in my approach to music. So um, yeah, I think LA is where I need to be. Um, I've been to LA like four times now already. So it definitely takes a bit of getting used to, you know. Um, right. Is it my favorite place in the world? I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know because you know yourself, James. You go to or anyone like listen to this interview. You go to somewhere where you can. You go on holidays, you get a slightly skewed view of what it's like to live there day to day, you know, yeah. pay a bill. Um, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's I think it's Los Angeles. I think um, everybody's there. New York, absolutely. But um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't like the sun? I'm particularly coming from Ireland, you know, it's a it's a big plus. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's LA. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. I could be really wrong. Could be Nashville in like twelve months. But well, I do music as well and. But I think LA is. I'm. I'm really focused right now on like producing top forty records and stuff like that. So it's all makes sense to be LA. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nashville is. Um, that's my home for recording. I mean, I live in the yeah. Northeast, but I record in Nashville, and it's like people think uh, it's all country, and it, it is heavily steeped in country. However, mm-hmm. there there's musicians just play everything. They play Christian. Yeah. They play blues. They play rock. They play you know, mm-hmm. and the 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 skill levels. Incredible. And another city coming on strong, hot and heavy is Austin, Texas is becoming, you know, I keep calling it the Nashville West or Southwest, you know. Um, So that's really, really a happening scene. So um, I'm really happy about this because it shows that um, in in spite of the music industry changing um, so dramatically in the last like 10, 15 years, um, it's reclaiming itself. It's, It's arising, you know, in a different way. So everyone's still figuring that out. Um, I want to play one of these tracks that you had some production on here. Uh, I want to play Small Town. So give us the, uh, is the artist on this one and the circumstances surrounding this song, if you would. Yeah, so it's, um, it's <clears throat> by a, a longtime collaborator, Derek Ryan. Um, he's been coming to me for since the very start, actually, of his career. Um, so on this album, James, he asked me to produce three 
uh, three of his vocal tracks. So this is one of them. It's called Small Town Summer. He wrote it uh, with a, a great songwriter, um, Owen Glacken. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the album actually went to number one here in Ireland. So it's, it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, Small Town Summer, it's, it is what it is. You know, if you give it a blast, I'm sure people will uh, know what it's all about. That small town summer, beer cans and barley fields. The first time I saw your eyes shimmer through the shadows of a Ferris wheel. When my new guitar and the dazzle call, I didn't think we'd go so far. Those endless nights, those blended hearts, drifted out of sight.
town summer Beer cans and barley fields Brian, that song, that song kills, man. I, listen, I listened to that twice okay. this morning. Uh, yeah, love the song and love the production on it. Um, now, these are local lads, no? Uh, Derek is local. I'm not too sure where Owen is from. I think it could be Dublin. I'm not too sure. Sorry, Owen. Okay. Um, when I meant but, uh, local, yeah. I meant they're, they're in they're Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're Irish songwriters. So okay. Yeah, great job. Great job. So so give us the, you know, the inner workings. Is it... Um, is he a solo artist? Are they a duo? Are they a band? Um, you know, how is how is this all put together? Or did they just come in as a project and threw this together? It, it's funny you ask because Owen has his own um, well, he has, has his own separate career, but Owen and Derek seemingly when they write together, they write this, these amazing songs and written so many together. But um, Derek came to me um, to produce three of, as I say, some of the vocals on it. But um, yeah, Derek is a he's a country superstar here in Ireland. He's um, in Ireland as we discussed before James in 2015 is like it's that is the business in Ireland there is no other business and no matter what anyone tells you there is no other business now there are scenes but uh wait a really minute so when you say there is no other business are you saying country is it in Ireland is that what really yeah I mean unless you're an international act coming in yeah going to the free arena and all these places but like in terms of grassroots business yeah, like proper business. Yeah, it's the only you can make a living out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There are indie scenes, and people look at this interview and be like, you know, come on, Brian. There's there's more business, but like there there, there isn't. Like you know, right? There probably there's there's no big business. You know. Um, yeah. Country is the only one. You know. So um, tell me, tell me when you get to when you finally make the move. Um, and we're going to cross in the air because I'm relaunching my career in, in London. Then I'm going to Ireland, so I'll need your help. <laughs> but when you arrive in L.A., New York, or wherever you end up, um, how do you see it playing out for you? Um, do you do you have – you've already started to establish some networking, correct, like with your trips to L.A. and so forth? Yeah. So how do you yeah. see the path for you to get exposure for Bright Star Productions? And, and I mean, it's the – 59 million dollar question james you know um i don't think it's going to be easy regardless of who i connect with um because the the brass tax of it is once you move to la you need money straight away right you need to live yeah four or five thousand dollars a month minimum probably you know right and that's not living extravagant extravagantly you know but um there for me james like in my own head there's there's two avenues i want to go um, I may go both. I may be forced into one. No, not forced, but you know, I might be really successful in one. Go, oh, this is good. This is a good train to be on. I don't want to get off of this train, you know. Um, and those two avenues are producing, winning Grammys, that direction, hopefully. Um, or the other one, and I've said this before in another interview, is my my really big goal. Like, if somebody said, "What's your twenty five year plan? What's your twenty year plan?" is to be the first Irish. Uh, CEO of a global major record company. I don't think there's ever been an Irish person at the very top of a of a major record company. It probably won't be just record companies by the time I get there. It'll be an entertainment 360. It'll look different. Um, so it's one of those two things. So how how do I get there? I mean, it's either produce do the Jimmy Iovine thing, which was produce all these great records, and then start switching into like Apple Music and Beats, and he turned into a bit of an entrepreneur, you know any yeah. interscope records you know so um 
that's that's kind of like my own that's what's in my own head now how it'll look in a year or two years will be i'm sure it'll be a little bit different um but i think once i uh keep my eye on the on the prize as i say and don't get too distracted um and i think going to la james it's it's, for, it's weird because la is about sex drugs rock and roll the whole thing i don't drink i don't do drugs and i'm irish so it's i'm yeah. like Jeez, I wonder how this will work out like you know la and me like it's a weird kind of thing but um yeah they're the kind of two paths um now how i get in we'll probably talk about the immigration and stuff like that in a while um that would be quite difficult you know um but uh yeah i i I hope I don't have to be an Uber driver for six months and, you know, try to make ends meet, really. Right. Um, that's what you see a lot of people doing this, you know. And yeah. it could be on, on a decent wage as well. Like, and that's, that's the truth, you know. Well, let me ask you, um, I, I think there's so many more musical things that you could uh, monetize <clears throat> that you may not even put a, put a lot of thought into, that you could do so many things in your field to keep you, you know, whole in that. Mm. But But where do you see... Like when you talk about being a record company mogul today, uh, without getting into all the minutiae of it and all the all the yeah, yeah. little moving parts, like globally, how do you see it like pl- playing out? Um, do you see yourself uh, finding artists, and do you see yourself uh, networking into um, you know partnerships that help financially uh, back you? And do you have a vision for how this record company will work in 2019, say, as opposed to, you know, 15 years ago? Well, that's a great question. I mean- uh, I ask great questions, my friend. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, how long have you got, James? <laughs> um, I think, first of all, the first thing to say is, the music industry, from an artist's point of view, they're retaining more control nowadays. That's just a fact, right? Yeah. So it's becoming more democratized. Um, you see the likes of Taylor Swift just yesterday. She wanted to sign to Lucy and Grange, Universal Music Group, but it was on the pretense that if Universal Music sells Spotify shares, that it trickles down to their artist roster. So if you see that, that that's the number one label in the world. If you see the likes of that, you kind of go, right, so it's definitely going to be more partnership-based. Um, I think tech companies have a huge role still to play. I think streaming hasn't even, it, it, it's like 10% of where it could be. Um, because there are a lot of people not on Spotify still, you know. Um, right. But I think to answer your question, I, I don't think it's going to be just a record company because artists are going to be, they'll want to own the master rights of their recordings as well. So As they should. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I think the how you monetize a label nowadays is going to be much different than it was even 10 years ago. Um, but I, my plan is hits great songs, great song, great songwriters, um, great artists. I, I think if you get that and you marry it with the, whatever the, you know, if it's tech, if it's with Apple, if it's with Spotify, if it's with, you know, even on a Snapchat filter nowadays, uh, like you, there's so many ways to monetize and like promote your songs. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I, st- I still believe in A&R. I still believe in going to a club and seeing an artist. Yes, like I've had a major record company executive say to me that unless the artist you're showing me has a, you know, analytics, it's all about analytics nowadays, unless they have a good following on Spotify or Instagram, they're not interested. I mean, I can see that point of view, but um, I think as well, 
if you see an artist in a club and you really believe in them, I think you should invest. Um, That's a good point. Because yeah. because now, like what you said, you know, the, the first component is the talent and the work ethic and you have the songs. But the yeah. second part is is easier now than it ever has been as far as, okay, if you don't have the following, you know, with a little bit of money and a little a plan, you can get the following very quickly, you know, if yeah, you're, I mean, if you're I'm relevant. Not, I'm not saying, like, if I was in that, in that uh, boardroom, of course, everyone would prefer if the artist you're showing them had 10 million Instagram followers, like, you know. Um, but I, I like to be, I, I, I think I'm going to be one of these guys who maybe just has, like, 10 artists but they're like legacy artists or that's what i'd like like long term not just like flash in the pan kind of artists you know um but again james like it like it's really like that this is my answer in 2018 like even in six months time it's going to be slightly different because things will have changed you know right um, i also believe in like having a this whole 360 thing about touring and merch is a great idea but also like other facets of the entertainment industry why can't theater be more involved with music record company why can't you know why, why can't we have a creative hub where all people come together and share ideas and you know that they, this does it, it it does um this does uh, exist today but it not it's not very well it's not very it's not executed very well right because everyone still i'm a record company i'm a tech company i'm a you know but it, they're it's, all bits it, and pieces yeah yeah. I think, no, I agree with you. I agree because so instead of a label, I, I, maybe I should say a brand. That's right. probably sounds more future proof. You know? No, you're right because you know you're not just a, a music producer. You're also a writer. You're a piano player. You're you're probably a tech guy. You've got all these other things. You 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 put out a um, what yeah. did you put out? You put out a musical, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And um, so everybody today, I think, is more than just no one is one dimensional. Everyone has all these facets to their skill sets, you know, that you can combine them into something. But we don't get to see that often. You know, it's like you discover that someone who has been writing songs is an amazing guitar player, but you never knew it, you know, or, or yeah. they're a vocalist, but they don't they don't step up and sing their own songs. Yeah. So I so I think you're right. If you can find a way to create a vehicle that would embrace all of the things that are under the hood that we just don't know about, I think that'd be a really cool thing. And just on that point alone, James, I think you know people say is is the traditional record label dead? Um, they're not dead yet, but uh, I think if Spotify and Apple Music, if their subscription base goes up by another I don't know fifty, hundred million. Spotify all of a sudden is probably turning a proper uh, a profit, and you know, may, so maybe the music industry is just it's going to come back to the way it was 15 years ago. Um, but you see the likes of managers now having labels, and it's you know, it's as I say, it's very democratized. You know, artists have much more of a say. Yeah. Um, but um, I just on this point, and I'll, I'll let you move on. Then um, I think independent artists are still going to struggle massively. The likes of iTunes in March 2019 is going to shut down. That's going to be, from my point of view, like from local artists and even for, for yourself or wh whoever, how are they going to monetize the records? Because instead of getting, let's say, $7.99, now you're into, you're just on Apple Music and they don't pay. So, you know, so... I didn't know. I didn't know they were shutting down. Really, they're shutting down yeah. Apple. I didn't yeah. So it, it's basically to force everyone into Apple Music. I'd say. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. 
but you know the, the royalties aren't the same if you have an album out and it's 12.99 and someone streams the album you're not you're not going to get 12.99 right right well or you, whatever you know dealer price whatever you might get 7.99 up to 12.99 whatever we need but, another uh, we need another um source you know everything with apple is it's you know when something gets too big it always scares me because it's like you know yeah. they're they're they've monopolized the business and and one of the things I've noticed is that you know you talk about Spotify and iTunes and everything this podcast is now going to be going out on Pandora because this show was in beta test for the last six months and I I'm, I wasn't allowed to talk about this until two days ago that uh, Dharmic Evolution got selected as as one of the shows that will be up on Pandora. So Pandora wants to move into podcasting in a huge way. So this underscores go. your point about streaming is really, it's in its infancy still, you know, compared to what it, it could do. Yeah. Um, and just on that point alone, James, and again, we'll probably get to it, this um, new internet radio station that I'm rebranding and redeveloping. When I was 15 or 16 years of age, I set up this internet radio station because I felt streaming was the way forward. Now, it failed dramatically. Like, like I had like maybe 20 listeners. We did a thing on Bebo one time and I had like 150, 200 listeners and I thought I was the bomb, you know? Yeah, right. But, um, we got cra like crazy amount of text and everything. It was like Bebo. It was like a big brother thing on Bebo or something. And I just affiliated with it and it like kind of worked. But... The, re the, re the real reason it, it failed was because the likes of the phone companies like 3 and in the US you have um, T-Mobile, they weren't very, um, you know, data packages weren't that, you, you know, you couldn't stream off your phone yeah. or else charge like a bomb, a proper bomb, right? Right. So you were uh, too early. I was way too early. Yeah. And now I'm like, now I'm too late, like in a way. No, know? I don't think so because... You know, when I first started podcasting, I was three years ago, and I said, ah, I'm so late to this. And then I just read an article the other day that says, you know, they, they did a, the research on the America drive time as far as how many people, and it's only like like 6 or 8%. So they yeah. feel like the market has not even really broken way open to, the, to the, where it could be, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's always, I think there's always room. I mean, we always feel that way. We're too late to the party, but... If you really have a good vision and you have a good product, there's it's like a good song. There, there's always room for another good artist and another yeah. good song. Yeah. You know, we'll make yeah. room on the shelf, brother. <laughs> hey, let's do. Hope. Um, I want to ask you about. Um, and then I want to get back to some of these other things that were. There's a lot of good things I want to talk to you about, cool. but I want to ask you about Paul Skelton. And I played one of his piano tracks this morning, and I just. Is he all instrumental? Because I love the sound that this guy has. Um, he is and he isn't. I mean, it's yeah, it's mostly instrumental. Paul came to me, James, about two years ago with the idea of um, he's a massive, massive trance fan. Um, what does that mean? Tra tra so, trance is like a form of electronic dance music. Oh, so oh, got you. Okay. Van Buren's and all of those amazing trance DJs. So right. it's uh, 140 BPM, you know, it's... Right, uh, four kind of stuff. But um, he came to me with the idea because Paul is an amazing. You talk about me as a piano player, I don't come near this guy. Um, that's why I don't classify myself as a musician. <laughs> but um, he he loves trance. But we he wanted me to execute an album where he would have trance melodies and like big tracks, but put them into like more of a soundscape, instrumental, almost soundtrack feel. And I'm sure that's probably what you've got from it. Yeah. Um, 
so we did the first one and he like this guy has 60 70,000 fans on facebook you know it's a real niche uh, he's tapped into like they still buy cds from him right so you know his revenue streams um are still there and intact but um yeah so it's basically trance music of the 90s put into a um, atmospheric soundtrack uh production um so i've done two of his albums they they both went number one in ireland and number two and number four in the uk and the dance charts which is the uk chart is the kind of the bigger one because more competition right right sure um so yeah, we, we're doing well and Paul's moved to the UK and he's doing this as a full-time thing and he's playing at people's weddings. He's doing his own gigs um, as a solo artist. It's a very unique idea. It's just a guy, piano with beats and, uh, you know, yeah. he does sing. He does sing, but yeah, it, it is an instrumental kind of thing. Yeah. So, so did you, just just uh, in the studio, did he use a um, uh, an acoustic grand piano on this track, Heart of Asia? Or was it... You, Use this piano right here. Really? Um, I, yeah, yeah. You so guys got it, an amazing sound out of this thing. I got to so play this not, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not the sounds built in. It's a, a piano patch. Got you. Built. So you access uh, you access the sounds of some, from, from something else. Yeah, it's a yeah. software synth that I beautiful I job, playing. man. Yeah, yes, nice. Thanks. I'm gonna play this now. Everybody, check this out. This is um, Paul Skelton, and this is called the Heart of Asia. Here we go.
If you're finding that you need more cool from Brian Shield, don't forget to check out DE19. It's on the Dharmic Evolution website, my first interview with Brian. Check out his material on that episode. Right back to the interview with Brian, right after this. Have you connected with your gratitude today? I think I have something that will help inspire you. It's the brand new release from James Kevin O'Connor. Gratitude, recorded on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee with producer Kim Copeland and team, is James' third full-length album in four years. Ten amazing songs, each one a different story about the emotions, journeys and experiences that you and I have lived. Songs like Dreamer, Jesus Teaches, Tango On and 51 Shades of Grey. And of course, the title track, Gratitude. Pick up the brand new CD today with amazing artwork and photography at iTunes, CD Baby and Amazon. Or simply go to jameskevinoconnor.com for your download right now. Send someone that you love a copy of Gratitude today. It might be exactly what they need in their life right now. Gratitude, the new release by James Kevin O'Connor. Brian, tell me, who is the young lady singing on this, man? She, she's melting my heart here. She is a girl that Paul actually put me in touch with, a girl called Sirka Fahi. Um, and it was literally, we had this brainwave. How about like some female vocals? Um, it was just like we needed them instantly. Paul was going back to his uh, hometown. He recorded her actually on a Zoom recording that is... And just got her to do a few takes of like like or or whatever like whatever the vocal melody is yeah and sent it back to me and we just put it into the track and i never actually met sorica but she's a mate she's really really talented wow uh, great track i love this yeah, track yeah. this is just, just yeah. awesome i'd say it's a great it's a great track originally when it came out so you know like like what we were saying earlier though james if you have great songs and great you know songwriters right it, all, it always speaks to people, you know? You just have yeah. to find a home for them. That's your job, yeah. man. Come on, get this yeah. record company going. I want to get going on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so let me talk to you about um, visa problems in the U.S., uh, political, without going too deep into this. I don't mm. like to get too political, but, but you know, your challenge is, is a... Is a is it is a something that many people are probably struggling with and you want to go somewhere and you're having trouble. Tell me the difficulties and what's going on there. So um, as it stands, I have been offered three jobs, um, but none of these companies sponsor, right? Um, so no, why won't they sponsor? It's a company policy. And the reason I think, James, is because they don't want to get involved with authorities and the IRS and everyone asking to zoom in on your company and they ask why are you bringing in this alien as we're known as right and they just don't want to bring the pressure i can totally understand it because they don't know me they don't like this in la there's a hundred million people like me mm -hmm. well not quite that much, but you, you know what i mean everyone's right. kind of um so they want sponsors so basically i need to find a sponsor um and what you need the, the type of visa that would best suit me james is what's known as not to get too deep with an extraordinary talent which is the o1 visa okay and within that, there is two strands. The first one is there's seven categories and you need to have five of the seven. So a category will be like promotion within the company, uh, what your public profile is like, have you been published, you know, extraordinarily talented, right? 
And then the second one is the sponsorship. So you need, let's say if it's a record company that wants to sponsor Brian Shield, which I'm saying right now on the internet, I'm willing to go. Right. <laughs> um, uh, you need them to basically back you as their agent or employer. They, the, 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 the authorities basically need to see, okay, this is legit. He has a contract. Is how much is going to get paid. He's worked X amount to the US economy, essentially. Right. Um, but there is a significant development after happening in the last six weeks whereby the E3 visa, which is an Australian-specific visa for America, the Irish authorities are now saying, why can't we have something similar? Because Ireland has a particularly uh, good relationship with uh, America, as, right. you, as you well know, James. We should you know, and always will, hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been currently worked on. It has to pass through Congress. There may be... Um, there may be a thing whereby there's suspension of the rules in Congress where that basically means that they need to pass something quite quick and it would make it shut down. Immigration is the hot topic in the US at the moment. But um, I don't know why, I don't know why, like you have people having the visa lottery, you know, people getting into America and, you know, that's not, they're not uh, the finest. Oh, some of the time, you're not getting your finest in America. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's been it's been a problem for for decades and decades in this country. Going to be the most challenging thing to me to get in, and then like it's, sometimes like it's like I have the visa now. I need the job now. I've been offered a job, but I don't have the visa. So it's this constant like I need to you know. So yeah, I need to marry the two. But um, I've been onto local political figures here in Ireland and in the government, and they're trying all they can do. But uh, yeah, so far it's a, it's a struggle. And I'd like to be like almost like an ambassador or something at some stage too, you know, because Ireland, Irish people have so much to offer, James. Like, yeah. I know that sounds really biased, but we just do. <laughs> like, for yeah. such a small nation, we've had such a big impact. Right. Uh, and that's why I'm saying, like, I know it sounds outlandish to say that you want to be the first Irish person to be CEO of a record company, but I genuinely believe that. Um, I think we've something better to offer. Um, the American economy, if you want to go from a political standpoint, we've much more to offer. Yeah. Uh, but I'm yeah, excited, I'm, man. I'm. I need, I need to get your country first, you know. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing this because uh, I think it's. I think it would be awesome, man. And I, I'll help you. I'll. I'll help support you on this. Um, you. you know, I. I don't know what yet, but. But I think we'll do something together, which would be really, really awesome. Um, where do you see the um, the nation of uh, Ireland going, as far as um, with you know art, artistry um, with the. Um, you know, the just everywhere, music, everything that's happening right now in Ireland, where do you see it? Does you see it breaking out? Do you see it? Is it staying the same? Is is something going to transpire where all of a sudden Ireland breaks out and has all this amazing, you know, wealth of, of artistry that the the rest of the world can embrace? Do you see that happening? Um, my gut feeling says no. Okay. Um, because Ireland are... We're not great at supporting our own, to be honest. Um, okay. And it's like, I don't know if it's just an Irish thing, and I don't want to be down on my own. I've just talked so highly of ourselves, and I'm like, yeah. negative. Right. When it comes to creative arts, we're just not there. We're not like Sweden. We we're, we don't have the education. Um, but we have this massive talent in Ireland, particularly yeah. to write stories. And it just comes from storytelling in the pub years ago. I think that's where it comes from. Um, yeah. We're a very creative nation. We've, we I've seen so many bands... They were like they were amazing, but they had to go to London. I've said this before to you. They had to go to the US to get signed. They're huge, and then everyone goes, "Oh, we, we, you know, 
we loved them. We saw you here first, but really the support didn't come. Um, we have a lot of government agencies. We have uh, a, a lot of creative things in Ireland, but they don't run well. They just genuinely don't. And I don't mind saying that because I'm, I work uh, in the creative arts in Carlo and in Ireland, and I just see it, and it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, but um, I mean, I'd like, like the the only huge Irish success story on the global level has been Conor McGregor, right? right. And it's in a it's, it's in a sporting context, and some of his antics off the uh, box ring haven't been really well received from an Irish perspective in terms of that's not really representing us who we are. Right. But in general, the Conor McGregor brand is pretty big in the US. Yeah. And so, and again, there's another example of, um, you know, he had to lead the way in MMA. He had to, he couldn't show his parents, uh, look at this guy, you know, this this is how you do it. He had to lead the way and, you know, go down that lonely road of risking your life every time he gets into a ring, essentially. Yeah. Um, to pay, and now look at the, like, if you look at, there's Jim's John Kavanagh, who's amazing. His coach, there's gyms popping up everywhere in Ireland about MMA because you know we're doing quite well at rugby, so it's we're good at sport, maybe sporting context, but at creative arts, um, I genuinely don't see it. Um, I mean, if I did, I'd be staying here, James. I wouldn't be saying, Oh, I need a visa. I need now, Ireland in general is small as a marketplace, but um, no, we're not, I don't think we're good at it. To be I, I see you leading the way, my friend, with your record company. There we go. So you got into um, you got into this musical production that didn't go so so well. Um, what exactly was this? It, it was was it a theater thing? Was it? Yeah. So um, it was. A, we talked earlier about diversifying. Um, I work in theater. I've been a theater technician for the last ten years in Visual and Carlo, um, which is an amazing place to work. Um, but uh, about four or five years ago, uh, I started, uh, I saw an idea by um, uh, the writer of this musical. They showed it to me. I was like overblown, like it was just it blew me away the whole story. So I engaged and produced 20, well, I think it was 19 songs uh, for the musical, all original. Um, and I got on board a director and a scriptwriter. So, yeah, we, we just uh, we got it to a point where I had an investor on board, about $100,000, and director and creator didn't agree. Essentially, there's a whole huge backstory to this. Uh, he wanted both of us out, but essentially he wanted uh, the director out, put me on board, and I decided uh, not to be involved because I thought the script was the most important part of um of the production, which I still believe. Right. Um, so yeah, I went back to the investors and they said, we're pulling out hundred thousand dollars because we're more so investing in you because you've brought this team together. And now that it's kind of fallen apart, they, were, they weren't interested. So yeah, essentially I lost a hundred thousand dollars on a musical, James. Um, now the idea, it was a, it was a musical, um, theater piece, um, would have ran for maybe like two, two and a half hours. It's based on the Irish American story with a with, with um, Black America and Black Irish. This whole thing. Right. I'm not going to give too much away or mention names because it's been a it's been the, the most traumatic thing that ha has happened to me in this business uh, to lose something like that and to work for so long, but three years on something, and then just for it to to fall apart. Um, I haven't talked about it before, but um, yeah, it was 
crazy. I like I what did I learn? Um I suppose like we had contracts and stuff like that and they weren't ex- exactly watertight. Um but even if they were, I think you know, people unless you have deep pockets, contracts are not worth the shit, you know, it's like Yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like it was really good training ground for what you're about to do and nobody ever likes a failure, but you know, I've probably yeah. I always say I've had more than everybody that I know put together and you just have to find a way to keep going. You know, I want to ask you, um, I want to ask you who is your favorite type of artist to produce as a music producer? Like, do you have a special, uh, is it pop rock? Is it ballads? Is it, um, is, is there any particular genre that you like? Do you like heavy rock? Like what is your like real sweet spot as a producer that your ears like kind of, like just really tune up for um i think it's pop i think it's um i love great singers um i don't particularly like fixing a lot of what the singer should be doing um but i think a great song as well always uh, always helps but um yeah i think it's a top 40 right now james um i'm working with um i'm on like a working with an la producer olivia basile who is amazing he okay. is so amazing. He's a producer, songwriter guy. He's just amazing. So we're now a team. Um, he's in LA. I'm in Ireland. Um, we're producing top 40 records, stuff to go on Spotify, essentially. Um, but in terms of like, what's my favorite? Yeah, it's 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 pop music, but it's like it's it's great singers. So it doesn't necessarily mean if it's top 40, if it's country. You know, um, I think I would a, a classical pop classical album. I think I would be very interested in doing, but it doesn't really sell as well nowadays. So you know you're young in your career do you want to do stuff that doesn't really sell you know um but um yeah i think it's great singers despite the genre really yeah you know great great singer people who can deliver a song james you, you know yourself as a singer anybody that you can say to somebody you're a great singer you're amazing but like they don't connect they can't deliver the diction isn't great you know um and you, you hear this all the time they just have have something i don't know what it is yeah. They're the singer I want to work with. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I want to play one more. Uh, I wanted to play uh, Here I Stand, um, this also by Derek Ryan. So can we give everybody a, a slice of that one? Give my word of it there. Here we go. Precious thing to waste We've known each other too long We've grown together so strong But my heart's been telling me something's wrong It feels so right You Here I am doing all I can just to try and make you 
together tonight Found out that was wrong and was right Found a way from any prying eyes Oh, just to hold you close I'll take whatever life throws The highs of this world and the lows It feels so right You Before your mama knows Here I am doing all I can Just to try and make you understand I'll never go You know I love you so So tell me about like the performance and the production on this one. Um, well, as I say, I, I did the vocal production on it, but Derek is like, um, he just comes in and sings and leaves and it's great. You know, <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those things. It's just, um, now there is a Derek, I'm not saying it's like perfect all of the time, but um, you'd know somebody like th- that's the other thing, James, you don't necessarily have to be perfect. You just have to, you know, just deliver and make me believe what you're singing. Yeah. And Derek is very good at that. And he knows himself. He knows himself. Like a lot of the time it's, it's an easy job because of like, he'll just tell me, oh, let's go again for that. Or, you know, so it's, it's quite, um, it's easier where if you're, and he's used to recording, it's, he's on his 10th album. So, you know, wow. um, but, uh, yeah, that was, I, we did it over two days. We did those three songs over two days. Um, 
And yeah, as I say, he's just been a, a long-time collaborator with me. And he, Derek has a production team, so he has three or four different, uh, three producers. Um, sometimes it comes to me for production. Sometimes it's just vocal production. Sometimes it's mixing. So it's I just kind of take what comes and uh, I like to share in the process. I'm not too keen on... Uh, you know, I don't know if it's if it's a thing of where oh why aren't I producing the whole record or why can't I? I mean, there was there are certain songs in the record that I would have loved to mix, but I didn't get to mix. So you know, right. the, but that's that's the business. You know, that's yeah, that is the creative process. People just have this idea of I want him to do this, I want him to do that, and just park your ego aside, Brian, and you know, right. um, but um, but yeah, he's. It's great to work with. All relationships do take so so such time. They take a long time to develop, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like you, you feel like I, I know I can handle this, but they but you know, it just the bond maybe hasn't built up yet or whatever, the trust factor. There's so many there's so yeah, many yeah. intangibles that you don't know, but I think in time if people keep coming back, they start to appreciate more and more of you. Brian, what yeah. do you want to say okay. to um to everybody as because we're winding down man i could go another two hours with you but i don't think we can get it get it (laughs) but um just imparting uh what would you like to impart to everybody about bright star about your future about what you're uh looking forward to like at the end of this year in 2019 fast approaching um what are the high spots the things that you're looking forward to and um you know, any parting words, just words of wisdom to share with a lot of singer-songwriters that listen to this and also author, speakers, and thought leaders? Um, another great question, James. I told uh, you, I warned you, man. You're killing it today. Um, I think when it comes to advice to younger people, um, I kind of... It, like it has to come from them the work ethic first of all it has to come from them you know i think it's not it's not good enough nowadays just to record yourself at home or whatever and go on youtube or facebook and get your 110 likes and you think you're a star that, that doesn't work that doesn't work um i mean if you've a great song you've a you've a connection it might work but um i think in terms of advice for younger people is find great songs <laughs> yeah and then start yeah. from there you know right. Quincy Jones once said there are three things that make a hit the song the song the song so I don't think it has changed um so if people want to be a producer it's very tough uh you need to have a work ethic that's like totally unparalleled you can't not unless you like unless your dad is like like the president of the universe and you might have like you might have an easier ride but like um like even the just off topic but i'll get back to what you just said universal ireland now is under control of the uk it's lost kind of its autonomy in a way little things like that so that's how small ireland can be yeah Um, but um parting words i i don't know i'm just going to keep working hard my dream is to win grammys and be that record company guy. That's my dream. Whether that's that's starting off as a junior A&R executive in Los Angeles or Nashville, out finding great songs, out finding great talent. I've been working in theater for 10 years, so I I think I know what looks well uh, visually on stage. Um, I'm the house sound engineer and I do lights and, you know, so I have a technical uh, expertise that I can offer as well. 
Uh, it's not just, um, this is the other thing. I'm not going to be just the suit sitting in the room with the accountant and going, right, if we spend two million on this, where's our return? I, I might have a more informed opinion. I'm not saying it's going to be always correct because you, that's the other thing. No one ever knows. No one ever knows what's going to work. Really, you have a, you have a great. I, you know, if if you're in property, you know it's the location. You know it's uh, the return. What kind of tenants you can get. You've all these variables that you can kind of make an educated guess. We're in the creative arts. We right. just talked about James Hall connection. Who knows? Like, um, but the only safe guarantee is a great song. Um, and anyone who wants to go into this career. Uh, be really mindful that it's like unbelievably tough like psychologically emotionally you need if you have a great support network my parents were great that's the other thing my parents were fucking amazing they still are my brother as well like there's so much shit that goes on in this industry that like if you look at my Facebook it's all great but like I never put up any of the really bad stuff like proper like crying like record executives telling you like get the fuck out of the room you don't have a fucking hit, like you know, it's kind of crazy stuff. Um, like so, they treat you like shit, like you know, a lot of the time. Um, right. So it's kind of going through, just keeping on the straight and narrow. Have I ever wanted to give up? Yes, absolutely. On two occasions, I've come very, very close. That's the real truth about. Um, but I'm still here, and I still have redeveloped my studio. I'm working with Olivia in LA, which has been a huge thing for me, a huge learning experience, and just for me now as a top 40 pop producer it's a different kind of level because it's, it's more competition and stuff but um parting words james i'm just going to keep believing uh if there's anyone out there willing to sponsor me this is my goal you've heard this whole interview um and yeah that's it just thanks very much for uh giving me this opportunity to uh talk to the world james brian always a pleasure to see you my friend and um we will send everybody to bright star that's the uh, preferred website and we'll put all your links in the show notes and uh once again my friend it was just oh it's always a pleasure to see you and, and watch the growth and the projects keep rolling in and uh man i just want to wish you all the luck and success on your journey thank you brian shield thank you very much james i really appreciate it cheers Brian's story, small town summer, heart of Asia, and here I stand. He's going to do it, folks. He's going to be the first CEO, record mogul coming out of Ireland. I'll be there with him. We'll make some music together. Hey, check out Bright Star Productions and support Brian Scheel in uh, Ireland, but let's get him out of uh, Carlo and get him to L.A. or Nashville or New York or Austin or anywhere that is musical in the States. You guys can do it. Get in touch with me and I'll get you in touch with Brian. I hope you enjoyed that interview today. Don't forget to go back to DE19 and check out Brian Shield a few years ago and watch the progress. Man, the guy is stacking the cool. And speaking of stacking the cool, if you haven't had a chance, get over to dharmicevolution.com Check out all of the content on that site. We're up to 193 episodes of artists from all over the world. Their videos, their photographs, their stories, their songs. They're all there for your entertainment. And if you would, please leave a comment under your favorite artist. Let us know what you think of them, the show, and how your relationship with us is. We want it to be the best. If you're a hardworking artist who's on the cusp of making it, 
and you want to be a guest on the Dharmic Evolution and be in 71 countries, go to dharmicevolution.com, the guest tab, fill out your assets, drop it in, send it to us, and we'll see if we can get you a booking on this show. For you guys who love video, I don't know if you know it, but you can go over and see this show in its entirety on my YouTube channel. It's the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. You can see every artist over there, full-blown video. Ulus Carlson from Sweden is up this week. And wait till you hear the story of a woman who hadn't slept in 25 years and lived in terror. Fascinating story. It's on the channel now. And don't forget about the Facebook community page. Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page is there for you to post your content, let the world see what you're doing. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. It's in my